I want to transition now, and I want to talk about the romantic region. There are a lot of romantic relationships that really take center stage throughout the course of the show. So as we're looking at this region, which features the various romantic relationships, were there any bubble episodes that you guys felt passionately about or thought needed to be mentioned here? So I think a couple of them that I thought were really fun and would have been interesting to highlight. I think the Jeff and the Dean could have been really interesting to throw into this, even though it is a 100% one-sided relationship. Given just every great scene, there are so many memorable scenes of the Dean just putting his hand on Jeff or like the fantasy where like the Dean puts his hand on his abs and like... One of my favorite moments in the entire series where he's wearing aviators and the Dean just falls to the floor and starts... Even screaming. his shadow. Even look at his shadow. Like, yes, that was that was actually my contribution to the list was Jeff. I, I put that one on the list. And so that was also probably my nine. It, it was right there. Um, you can do that romantic. I will say I want to make a strong case that that could be an obscure. I think that could totally, we could have a conversation about that popping up in the obscure bracket. And that could be a very high seed in that bracket. Because it's not really obscure, but the fact that their relationship is so kind of... One-sided. I was going to say enigmatic. Yeah, but it it like changes given whatever the situation is. And even in the body swap episode where the Dean is talking about how, um, what it felt like to have Jeffrey inside of him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's like, nope, not happening. And then another personal favorite, because me and my best friend would do this all the time, was Troy Abed and the Librarian, because there's so many good lines that come out of that. Just pretend like you're asleep. Just pretend like you're asleep. Book. Yeah, just books. I love that one, too. Also, quite a bit of Annie ones kind of fell by the wayside. Like, I know she's on here, but looking at our bubble list, like, there's a bunch of Annie on the side as well, where they try her with, like, a bunch of different people. There is. There's almost a second tier of Annie relationships that would have clocked in at, like, 9 through 16, and we gone a full 16 on these regions. Yeah, Annie and Abed ones too. There are a bunch of Abed ones as well with um, Rachel and then the two sitcom dates at once. And then when he has that chemistry with the one girl who's deaf, there's a lot there. Yeah, I mean, you definitely touched on the ones that I would have mentioned as well. Troy Abed and the librarian being my favorite for all of the reasons that you mentioned. And again, uh, you know how I'm fond of saying that community is an anti-sitcom. Generally speaking, when you have a love triangle like that, it's adversarial, mano y mano, and just me against him and all of this. But Troy and Abed turn it into something wholesome and lovely and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So What's in that's the briefcase? Tacos? Good, good. One? We wanted them. Yeah, <laughs> I can watch that episode. That's a dark horse episode for me of all time. And then I also like the Abed and Rachel. That's one mm-hmm. that I would have uh, loved to discuss as well because it's nice that Abed can find someone who has mutual interest in him without the foil in that very episode is that one quirky girl and it's just like she's not a real person with a personality she's a one-dimensional character Mm -hmm. 
Oh, the the one who like asked her, she asked Abed into a balloon and then let yeah, it out. Be like, right. I asked you to the dance. And it was very much the relationships that they're trying to pitch to Abed are like. Exactly, very... right. Because no one really understands him. And mm-hmm. then he finds Rachel who does. And I, I, I valued that. In our first matchup, we're going to have the number one seed, Jeff and Britta. Going up against the number eight seed, which is Troy and Britta. So we've got a pretty apples on apples comparison here. Adam, I'm going to kick it to you first. Where do you weigh in on this matchup? I thought for sure you were going to say it was donuts against donuts, and then Britta could object to being referred to as a donut, but that's fine. (laughs) I mean, certainly not a bagel. Definitely not a bagel. So lots of things to say, and it's hard to even know for me where to begin, but I guess I'll start with my criteria for selecting one relationship over another. And I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of I'm going to pick the relationship which I think is most mutually beneficial for the characters. I'm not going to necessarily pick the one that's the funniest. I'm not going to necessarily pick the one that is a fan favorite or anything like that. But I'm going to pick the one that I think is genuinely best for both parties regardless of how long it actually lasted on the show. So with that said, in your apples and apples comparison, the one versus eight really comes down to Jeff versus Troy with respect to how they would be in a relationship, romantically speaking, with Britta. And I am coming out of the gates firing. I'm picking number eight. I'm picking Whoa. Troy over Jeff. What? And what? yeah. What? Yeah. What is happening yeah. right now? Here's here's hear me I feel out. Like I'm thinking crazy bills. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. I heard Owen Wilson back there too. This is great. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to do an alarm and it didn't work very well. Oh, I, oh if Owen Wilson is your alarm, then you did a great job. <laughs> um, so I do not like on screen the Troy and Britta relationship. It just feels forced. It feels not great. But at the end of the day, Jeff is manipulative. He is abusive and dismissive toward Britta from the very first episode till the very last episode. The only reason why anyone would reasonably want them together is because it feels inevitable. I don't want that for Britta. I like Britta. I would rather see her with Troy, who is kind and caring and uplifting and 100% better for Britta. Now, the flip side is whether or not Britta would be good for Jeff or Britta would be good for Troy. I think Troy could do better, to be perfectly honest, than, you know, season four and five Britta. But I'm just going to keep talking in circles at this point. Final answer, number eight, upsetting number one, Troy over Jeff. That's such an interesting criteria just because I hadn't, like, just looking at these lists of pairings, I hadn't thought about it from that point of view as far as this. And this is, you were saying what your criteria was for this coupling or these relationships going forward. Whereas mine, I think mine, it was probably going to lean more towards how it affects the story and how it impacts the story. And I think that's a little bit of uh, what I was getting from Dave with how he seeded this with Jeff and Britta one and Troy and Britta eight. And I think Troy and Britta, I like what I, I find it so interesting what you're saying. You think Troy could do better than season four and five Britta. And it is it even, I think it's season three and four. Cause I think 
they yeah, tease you're it right. in three, and they initially get together in four and then break up in four, which is actually the body swap episode. A good, I would say a good solid season four episode. I like that episode because we all have our issues with the gas leak year. But I think that's a good, it's a good solid episode in a very up and down season. And I think that's a great way, what a what a very appropriate way for the show to end their relationship and them still be friends and Abed kind of feel like the fact that Abed knew in advance that Troy was already thinking about this and he was like, but then Troy kind of manning up and being like, no, I, I should be the one to actually go through this conversation. But all that being said, you even as toxic as the Jeff and Britta relationship is, I have to vote for that one to go through because there wouldn't be a show without it. Like, the show was literally founded on a fake study group that Jeff put together as manipulative as it is, and as toxic as it is, the fact that they keep coming back to themselves means that they haven't grown in ways that they think they do as characters, which is evident by season five, where they're going to get married because that's what you do in a sitcom, where it's like, you're afraid of change, so what do you do? You go back to these old tropes, and you go back to the things that you've delved back into a million times before, whereas I think... They, Jeff and Britta, definitely have the most physicality in their relationships where they talk about how they've slept together multiple times. They're making out on screen a bunch in multiple different episodes. They're having secret sex in the clip show. Like, it's just, I think, the sheer amount, and I mean, maybe this is has more to do with seating as well because Troy and Britta being so much lower, but I think the sheer amount of content that you get out of the Jeff and Britta relationship, I think it's, it's enough to dwarf the Troy and Britta relationship because that their arc romantically goes over five seasons. Like in season six, I don't think it's even talked about, but it definitely goes all the way through to season five. So for that, I have to go Jeff and Britta. And just real quickly before Dave, you know, you chime in, if mm-hmm. I were using your criteria, Dan, I would it make would the same Jeff selection. Mm-hmm. I completely hear you, completely agree with every word you said. I just it's, had it's, different picking criteria. No, totally. And that's, that'll make this a very interesting conversation because you're going through it, what the characters would do. I think maybe it'll be the opposite then to where it's like, that's my first criteria is how it goes story-wise and plot-wise and then goes to characters, depending on if there's like a tie break in my head and yours might be the opposite. So Yeah. So we're just going to disagree on every one of these. This is perfect. Po- possibly. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Dave's going to get his paycheck on this one. (laughs) So I'm unmuting my mic now because (laughs) I've had it muted. I I just, I had to press the panic button and just go full mute on my mic. Uh, Once you lit everything on fire a few minutes ago, I was grossly (laughs) underprepared for this take. And, you know, I invite controversy. I mean, certainly I don't contrive it, but like, it's always interesting. I, I was not prepared for this take in any way. I actually thought... Uh, that you were a very low on the Troy and Britta relationship. So maybe the first thing is to take responsibility on my end for not establishing a common criteria for the two of you. That being said, Adam, I, I just you're I think you're tripping balls. Like I hear your take, I he- and considering it under the criteria that you established, uh, okay, so maybe Troy is. Is he, though? Is he better for... I don't even know. No, I don't even think under your conditions this passes the smell test. (laughs) Troy and Britta is like the whole show is crashing and they're doing a dumb, traditional, non-community... It's all the reasons I hate Pascal's Triangle. Like, it's, it's it's the contrived thing you expect from every show that's on television. Adam, you are on record on this podcast multiple times saying... 
you know, one of, if not the top thing you love about the show community is the fact that it is the anti-sitcom sitcom. You know, it's, it's subversive. And that's not what this is. This <clears throat> is the show with the opposite of that with the Troy and Britta relationship. Now, that being said, you could probably lob a lot of those grenades at the Jeff and Britta relationship. However, it drives the show in a way that is not a throwaway relationship which is how I consider the Troy and Britta thing. I feel like they were doing it for, like, some cheap laughs or some cheap quick ratings, and, like, I don't think they were successful on either of those fronts with that plan. I don't think they have chemistry romantically together in any way, uh, Troy and Britta, that is, which, when you compare it to Jeff and Britta, is not true at all. You know, Jeff and Britta, as much as they do have certainly as many if not more moments where they are opposed or almost adversarial like we talked about in our last bracket they do have real chemistry uh romantically sexually and you know just in terms of an interesting relationship and all of those in ways and at levels that from my perspective the troy and britta relationship can't even hold a candle to i almost consider not putting troy and britta's relationship in this bracket I only, like, threw it in off the cuff as, like, I just thought it was going to be some eight-seed fodder. So you have certainly humbled my perspective on this, but I'm going to have to advance the Jeff and Britta relationship Uh, here. Two things things about that before we get out of here. I think looking at this bracket, I think maybe pound for pound for screen time, I think these are one and two. I don't think anything else comes close, and we'll see that as we go on. All right, so let's pick up with the next matchup where we have... The four seed going up against the five seed. You know, in the last region, I build this as what should theoretically be the closest matchup. I'm not sure that necessarily ended up being true in the last region. Uh, we'll see if it bears out here. But we've got, in this case, the number four seed, Britta and Rick, going up against the number five seed, where I have Shirley and Andre seated. So, Adam, do you want to kick this one off for us? Where do you weigh in on these relationships? Yeah, I came in pretty hot on the last round. And I don't think there's I don't think there's a position for that here. I think you can make really good, solid cases for either. And Britta and Rick, and for those who don't know who Rick is, he's Subway and later Mm -hmm. Honda, is a really interesting relationship. And I love what it brings out in Britta because it gets back at her roots of caring about I'm not gonna say important things, but she's she's got her values very clearly identified and she's anti-corporate and then to see that break down in the corpo humanoid of of subway is just a wonderful way to breach that topic without making her the butt of a joke but actually having to struggle with a, a reality and again when britta ends up getting her heart broken or something bad happens to her i prefer to see it in a way like this than her just being the butt of a joke later on in another season. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that the actor who plays Rick is, he's number one on the call sheet when they need some ad revenue. (laughs) And that's just hysterical to me that they did it that way. I love those episodes, always will. So that's my take on, on the number four seed. Shirley and Andre, to me, just feels like a more grounded relationship though. Whereas Britta and Rick is a funnier relationship, I'm not going to like root for them to make it necessarily. Whereas Shirley and Andre, I absolutely would and do. I was a little disappointed when they wrote Andre out in 
season five uh, that he left. So I, I didn't care for that. But again, if it's if you're asking me which of these couples do I root for, you, you see it in the episode where they uh, is it a vow renewal? Is that what they do, or they they get remarried in Greendale? I don't remember exactly, but they end up being the biggest adults in the room and getting together and looking past things and moving on in a really, I think, nice way. So my vote goes Shirley and Andre number five. I think it's interesting because when you introduce a character like Andre, I think they had to do a lot of damage control. More or less what you hear about Andre from the very beginning is he's not quite a deadbeat, but like he wasn't a good husband. He was a fine father, but like Shirley does not have very nice things to say about him. So they talk about this in the commentary as well, where when they were looking to cast Andre, you had to have an actor who already had, when you see him, you're already thinking, okay, I can be forgiving of this character, of this actor, of this of this individual, before you get Shirley and Andre back into that full-fledged relationship. Oh, and I think it was um, a remarriage, because at that point they were divorced. I think so, so yeah. You you have the uh, the dancing thing where he comes in and they sing and he's like, "Will you marry me?" And the way he says "again" is like one of the best parts about that whole thing. Again, like it's so deep and like just to end that sentence with a question, like it it very much rings true in my head. And then yeah, like you said, um, they wrote him off essentially, where it's like she because they're having an argument and then she goes, "Andre left again," and it's like because she right. was too into her businesses and like you were saying how it reflects from because there's there's a lot less to go on both of these relationships versus Jeff and Britta versus Troy and Britta and how we talked about before with like just Rick or Subway or whatever you want to call him like uh the actor's name is Travis Schult I looked it up because you know before this it was he was Keith from Scrubs like that's what I knew him from and he was Keith Dudemeister, which was his name in Scrubs. So he always gets amazing names whenever he acts in things. But like you were saying before, I, the impact of the relationship between Rick and Britta, first as Subway and when he's, you know, then ousted as being Subway. And they they very much almost like thought police in 1984 him where they like take him away. And then you kind of think he's dead just because that's how they played it off. That like a corporation took him away with like, yeah, I can't remember. He says something along the line of like the lettuce is rotten. I can't remember the exact line that the subway executive says. And they come bread and is they stale. the bread is stale. <laughs> so it's so good. It's so funny. And then it, once he pops back up and he's doing the same thing. Do you guys remember who the his boss is? from honda it's another great is it billy video. zane it's billy zane yes That's his yes, yes from honda <laughs> and then he keeps like fake disappearing where he runs around and he's like hiding behind a plant or something and it's so goofy and it's amazing it's kind of a microcosm for billy zane's career isn't it kind of and well he's Too also soon. in the finale of psych so come in full circle but if you're asking me to put these two against each other i i think i have to go britta and rick just because the two episodes he's in are so they're so strong and they're Phenomenal. so they're so funny where it's like and then you get pierce coming in and being like put this pen on him it's a it's a microphone and a micro flask and he's drinking ink and he's listening to the two of them have sex and then you have the joke at the end with the guy from corporate which i didn't realize what the joke that they were doing that he couldn't stand up because he had an erection which i didn't realize until i listened to the commentary and i'm like oh man that makes that so much funnier 
And then you have everything with, like, I love, in the Honda episode has one of my favorite interactions with Frankie and the Dean, which you wouldn't have without Rick being in there. because That was the Frankie, moment that I realized I liked Frankie as a character. Oh, so funny, where she's just insulting him so much to his face, but she's trying not to, but she can't help it just because that's the kind of person. She, I have that whole thing broken down in a GIF format, and I'm just like, dumb, dumb, oh, you're such a dummy. Like, it's so, it's so funny to me. And I like, like, I, I'm happy with Shirley and Andre. Like, I like what they do with both of those characters. I Like you, like you said, I'm a little sad they unceremoniously wrote them off but i have to go the other way i'm i'm a fan of britta and rick in this one man i am i'm not getting defensive i promise it's not just because you came out firing but adam i'm gonna have to go against you again on this one i think that for me the shirley and andre relationship doesn't check any of the boxes so even according to the criteria you used in the last round i don't think it's good for either participant especially not for shirley the way that it's portrayed but from my perspective I don't think that that relationship is ever funny. You know, no, oh, I don't those, think it was funny. None of those moments ever stick out. So it doesn't have that payoff. I don't think they're emotionally satisfying. And I don't think that they're good use of story time. For me, the Shirley and Andre relationship really falls flat on every front. Now, I do enjoy, I, I will agree, I, I think they did a great job casting, uh, was it Malcolm Jamal Warner it yeah, was, as yeah. Andre? And I think he did a great job in that role. And I did enjoy him in that role. But for me, it just it doesn't pay off in the long run and isn't enjoyable in the moment. So although I will say that when you're comparing it to Brett and Rick, it probably has a broader impact on the show, right? There are more episodes, at least where, you know, even where Andre doesn't disgust, physically appear. Yeah, yeah it, it is more of a plot point that is ongoing than the Brett and Rick relationship. But I'm going to have to go with Britta and Rick here. So let's get down to the next matchup. We've got another apples versus apples case here. The number two seed, Jeff and Slater going against the relationship I seeded at seven, which is Jeff and Annie. Those Jeff Annie shippers are going to come after us, aren't they? I, uh, Real they're, hard. They're already very much aware of me and on my oh. tail on the internet. Oh. I don't think this is going to help, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's curious, too, because Slater, you only get in the first season and she has an arc like mid to late season one. I like I think it's interesting because it is a really like what they do well with the Jeff and Slater relationship. I think it's a little high at two at the two seat. I think it's a little high for my taste. But going into that, I think it's interesting how it is a little sitcommy. And I think we talked about last episode how as the show went on, it got less and less sitcommy. And this in season one, the Jeff and Slater relationship is definitely like, it's almost, I don't want to say exclusively for the study group to kind of rebel against where it's like even Abed has a line where he talks about how Jeff is like the study group's dad. So it's like introducing a new mom. But like every single member of the study group then has almost something against Slater for one reason or another, be it Shirley going against her because she's displacing her anger for Andre and Andre's new relationship, be it Britta, who's really hiding her feelings for Jeff. And then you get that kind of climax with Pascal's Triangle Revisited, and we all kind of know our thoughts here where it's like, eh, it's fine. But when you get to the Jeff and Annie and how that relationship was almost born out of mostly the debate episode and then you get the season one finale and then the arcs it goes through throughout everything else like i think jeff and annie as far as them being romantically paired i think they make better partners and it comes across multiple times throughout the show 
be it the Law and Order episode or be it the Conspiracy Theories episode, like, and there's there's hints, there's tinges, and they do a good job of kind of playing that up in the fake clip show where they show a light on that and where it's like she's been viewing it like that, but he hasn't because that's not what he looks into. And then the jokes in the beginning of season two where she's like twirling her hair like, oh, that discussion about discretion, like so funny. I think just for those kind of how I, I talked about it for Jeff and Britta versus Troy and Britta, for those things alone, I had to go Jeff and Annie almost for sheer content, even though I don't think it is a massive romantic relationship. I think it still has enough weight to kind of go over Jeff and Slater. So again, with Dan's criteria dedicated to screen time, story arcs, how interesting it is to see that relationship bud and develop and regress and redevelop. And it plays a prominent role in the finale of season one and the series finale. Yeah. So it is highly integral into the fabric of this show. It's originally pitched with the will they, won't they of Jeff and Britta, but ultimately becomes the show about will they or won't they romantically, not, you know, just specifically in a sexual physical nature between Jeff and Annie. I'm going to copy and paste the comments that I made about Jeff and Britta because he is the same way toward Annie. He is distant, he is dismissive, he is manipulative, he is abusive. If I were Annie's friend, if I were one of her relatives, and she were seriously dating Jeff, I would do everything in my power to get her to see how terrible of a match that they were for one another. Before you get too far away from that, I want to—I only want to push back slightly because he does—he sure. does try to change. Like Jeff as a character, like in again in season four, he at the Inspector Space Time Con, he's very honest and he's like, "I I will tell you something you got wrong. Like if we were dating, I would not be down here in the lobby flirting with some attractive woman." And then he also does double down on that in the finale when they're fantasize in the series finale when she's like they have that fantasy of them together with a kid and she's like is this really what you want and then he doesn't even know and you get that great line delivery where he goes yes I mean I'd be fine so, if we had a dog too yeah. yeah so I see where you're coming from with it being man definitely manipulative although I don't know like you were saying with Jeff and Britta where I think it is like you said at points more abusive I think this is more yeah. manipulative and I think it's more it's almost more incidental like it and when you get to that point once he's not really with Britta it's inactive where he's just doing it because that's him as a person where it's not like he's trying to crush her spirit because he's like a sociopath basically yeah I, I can totally totally get on board with that explanation there mm -hmm. flip that type of relationship flip that dynamic on its head and that's what you get with jeff and slater she point blank says i've graded enough of your tests to know that i would not feel mentally inadequate and it's like well that's kind of cool that's something again that's tragically missing from sitcoms everywhere is Honestly. a female character putting a male character in his place like that and, and I'm for that. I, I'm for that more so than I am a character that I love with whom I identify greatly in Annie, who's an optimist and just the, the eternal optimist. I don't want her to be with Jeff and get her hopes dashed and ruined. And like in season four, she was so far over the top, head over heels in love with Jeff that I can't even watch some of those episodes. You know, you mentioned earlier the the one short bit about discretion, to me, that was that was a short little bit 
and that was the right amount of Annie to be like that. Mm-hmm. But like there are literally entire episodes and maybe even the whole season where she just becomes a one-dimensional character. All she is is in love with Jeff. And she's it's, too strong and too good of a character to do that. So I, I'm I agree. Yeah. I'm voting against Jeff and Annie more than I'm voting for Jeff and Slater. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying with that because even when you get to where it shows that like they had ideas of who the characters were, but they didn't know how to like flesh them out and make them nuanced because they had a good line in that finale of season four where she's like, nobody gets to sleep with Jeff, not even us. And it's like, that's a great line, but I don't know if you know why it's a great line. Yeah. You guys have really danced around this quite, quite a bit more so than any other matchup. So just to be clear, our votes are, I'm Jeff and Annie. And then I think Adam, you were Jeff and Slater, right? That's correct. It's going to have to be Jeff and Slater for me. Certainly most people who are listening to this know that I'm on record as not being a big fan of the Jeff and Annie relationship, but we've never really sussed that out a lot. Before I get into that, I will say, you know, one way in which I do ding the Jeff and Slater relationship is that it was more limited, right? Which is the point you guys already brought up. You know, the Jeff and Annie relationship, even the romantic side of it really did kind of go throughout all of the seasons. Uh, and certainly Slater was in a handful of episodes of season one, and that was it. So that being said, I felt left wanting more of the Jeff and Slater relationship. Yep. And I wish that I had less of the Jeff and Annie relationship. And so, I mean, maybe that's the simplest way for me to break down the tiebreaker here and go with Jeff and Slater. I just... I think that by almost all the points you guys have brought up, this fails the test for me, the Jeff and Annie relationship. It brings out the worst in both of them. They're so much better as friends. Mm-hmm. And yes. we're going to get into that in, in another region. Like, I am I am a huge champion of the Jeff and Annie platonic relationship. But the romantic relationship feels very forced to me. Again, I totally accept that. I think the Jeff and Annie relationship, this is my opinion, I think it climaxed with the Glee episode and the teach me how to understand Uh. Christmas bit. (laughs) Because I think that that was a perfect amount of leaning into it and like Jeff calling things out and like being, it was a meta song on top of a meta relationship. And it was like so many layers, just like the joke from Troy. And especially when you go from season one to season three, and in the commentaries, they, they talk about this as well, where Dan Harmon goes, Annie's pretty young, we try not to sexualize her. And that's a running joke. And then by season three, he literally says, well, I got a house payment to make. <laughs> and so he literally made her over-sexualized. And so for me, that's where it peaked was that scene. All right, let's get into some more, I know, obscure is a whole different region we're going to get into in the next episode, but in terms of within this bracket, some more obscure relationships, we've done Jeff and Brenna to death here. Let's talk about the number three seed, which I have as Vicky and Neil going up against the number six seed, where I have Britta and Vaughn. Where do you guys weigh in on this one? I'm so curious about Vicky and Neil being seeded three. And Britta and Vaughn, I, I think six is an appropriate seed for them. But Vicky and Neil, I like it because as far as character arcs or background characters go, this is a very, it is, again, a very meta one. But they talk about it a lot. And it's, I think Pierce is the first one to say, are you two going to get together? I'm like, huh, no, maybe. And they're like all awkward and it's really cute. And then you get a nice little climax to it in the Law and Order episode where Neil confesses to killing everyone's yams and he has a brilliant little funny joke and monologue about how he could they could finally have sex in his parents cabin 
Um, and he's like, God, forgive me. I did it for love. And then just that whole episode makes me it makes my heart happy. But that's that's kind of it. Like you don't have a whole lot. It's nice to have another romantic relationship being on this list, even though it's not from the Greendale Seven. So one completely outside of it is really interesting. I do think Britta and Vaughn is interesting as well because they start that relationship dynamic when Jeff is still very actively pursuing Britta. Like Britta is trying to play it off and she is clearly exploring her options. And then she talks to Jeff like he's a friend and she's talking about them having sex and he's really grossed out by it. So season one, there are so many more like sitcom tropes than than pop up in later seasons. So this is very much a relationship born out of that but then once as soon as you get into season two where you have the blow up in the first episode between jeff britta and annie and then they bring up vaughn as well they definitely throw it on its head a few episodes later like it's you don't have to wait long for it to come back around but i think vaughn is a great character they all kind of rail against where pierce has a rivalry with him jeff has a rivalry with him surely likes making fun of his tiny nipples annie winds up dating him for a little bit like it's a really interesting character that I think they brought into it. So as I'm talking these both out, I'm like, wow, now who do I go with? I, I would say if I'm, you equated something to basketball earlier, and I don't know why this is where my brain went, because we're, we're in basketball, it's bracketology, obviously. But my brain went to meals. And if I'm thinking about what I want to be eating or what these characters are doing as far as the story goes, like I just said a second ago, Britta and Vaughn feels very much rooted in those, in those kind of the dynamics from sitcoms that, I think we 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 know this show so much that we're we're celebrating how it's anti a lot of those dynamics. And I think doing it as a meal, I think I like the sprinkling of the Vicky and Neil better than I do the older sitcom trope of Britta versus Vaughn. So I'm going against myself a little bit here. I'm gonna say Vicky and Neil. I think that the payoffs comedically that you get from Britta and Vaughn are amazing. They For are. all of the reasons that you talk about that Vaughn then develops different adversarial relationships with Pierce, especially is hysterical. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the, the breakup song that he writes about Britta. <laughs> just thinking like, about that. That band, Some Worries, is just amazing. And I love that. And then Pierce tries to get back at Vaughn. So I completely agree. And that is the payoff from those two having dated. So comedically, no doubt about it, I would pick six. But like I said earlier, my criteria is which couple am I going to root for? Which couple do I want to stay together? And for me, that's Vicky and Neil. It seems like they've got, you could argue that they, out of this whole list, have the healthiest relationship. We don't see too much of it. So, you know. That's probably why. Yeah. Exactly right. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased having gotten to speak with uh, Danielle Kaplowitz on one of the previous interviews that we did as the community community. So obviously she is near and dear to my heart. And Charlie Kuntz, just fantastic as real Neil. I like both deal. of those characters a lot. I like them together. I want them to succeed. So I'm going to vote number three. So that's the thing. You kind of worked your way back around throughout your points, Dan. But I think you started with, Dave, what, why the hell did you see this as the number three? Like, what's what's going on here, man? And then you kind of work through it a little bit. So <laughs> I won't re you know redo those points, but they made it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, look at all these other relationships. Look at all the relationships in the show. They didn't make it. And so that alone carries a lot of weight for me. Obviously, the, I think the biggest ding is the fact that there's not a lot of screen time. 
But yes, both of those characters and actors are very near and dear to our hearts. We had a great time, uh, you know, getting to interact with both of them. And not only did we have a great time interacting with them, but what really came across interacting with both of them was how much they genuinely cared for one another, you know, um, yes. as the actors in a romantic way. I know they both have, you know, those other arrangements, but like just from a pure, just very supportive, very organic kind of way. And so, you know, the fact that they made it, the fact that like there's just, you know, all those warm fuzzies around it. That's why I have it so high. I am a huge fan of the Britta and Vaughn relationship. You know, so for me, this is not a case where I'm going to really talk smack about either of these. You know, Adam touched on it. I think the highs are high. And I think that that relationship pays off comedically and in some of the best moments of the show. I've changed things around a little bit here in, in, in the last few episodes. But, you know, a cover of one of those songs has been our introduction for most of the episodes of this podcast. You know, everyone here knows how dear and dear Vaughn, the character, and the relationship with Britta is to my heart. But, yeah, Vicky and Neil does something different, and I wish there was a lot more of it. And maybe that might not be enough later, but for me in this matchup, it's more than enough to carry on. So I think we can all we can all be on board with that, um, which actually brings us into our next rounds of matchups here. So hopefully things get a little bit harder. We actually went... Pure, pure chalk in that one, if I'm keeping score correctly here. Uh, so let's see how that plays out here in the next round where we're going to have the Jeff and Britta relationship going up against the relationship that Britta has with Rick. When you say pure chalk, you mean like all the higher seeds went through? Yeah. Got you. So Jeff and Britta versus Britta and Rick. Jeff and Britta, again, has definitely the most pound-for-pound screen time, the most dynamics that impact everything and everyone else. And like we've said in the first round, was also probably the most toxic relationship romantically of the show. And then Britta and Rick, they the weird part, I think that's their weird energy matches each other, if that makes any sense. And especially because you don't get until like the second half of the Honda episode, you don't even really get much about Rick as an individual, as a person, or even as a character, which is kind of curious because they only reveal to you that his name is Rick at the end of the first Subway episode. And then he's like, no, I'm a real person. And then you find out he's doing the same thing with the guerrilla marketing. And they almost turn his character into a, a criminal who's doing one last score, which is how they catch him and then kick him off the campus again even though he does get to meet Britta's parents, which is, I would say, a definite notch in that relationship versus Jeff and Britta's, because I'm racking my brain, and I don't know if Jeff technically meets Britta's parents. He, they might talk about it, but I don't know if there's a scene in the show. And it's interesting, too, that like Rick is so ingrained in that kind of lifestyle where he's always trying to sell something, where he's trying to sell their parents' Hondas. So, But I think against... Just because if if we're talking pure relationships and what criteria I'm going on, I I like the relationship of Britta and Rick better than I like the relationship of Jeff and Britta. So I'm I'm going a little bit against what I said in the first round, but I like that one better. I'll go upset. I'll go four. You've come the, to the right place for upset <laughs> specials. Again, I think that Rick would be a better boyfriend, better partner than Jeff would to Britta. And that's pretty much just an open and closed case there. As you mentioned, Dan, when he goes and meets her parents, they're getting along. Everything's going really well right up to the point where he tries to start selling them Hondas and talk about how 
they love Avatar because it's a popular thing. And if Britta ever got the chance to be with Rick when he were doing some other type of work, I think that that could be a good and healthy relationship. So I vote number four, upsetting number one, Britta and Rick move on. All right, I don't have to chime in here. I'm going to ride the the Britta and Rick wave, the upset special wave here. Uh, Let's get down to the bottom half of the matchups in this round of the bracket. And now we've got Jeff and Slater going up against Vicky and Neil. So much more of apples and oranges than we've been in at some point in this process. But Adam, where where do you weigh in on this matchup? I'm just looking at what our bracket has become, and this is (laughs) not where I would have guessed. It's not what my original bracket looks like, and I love it for that. This is a really strange matchup because you're trying to pit the the main protagonist of the show against two people who aren't even introduced until what season two and three that sounds right i think vicky's because vicky is poli sci and neil is there's an Uh, episode where jeff says that he has to uh get to the cafeteria before uh neil less lima bs yeah 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 is it the or is it the chicken fingers or no, you might be right. Where you you saw him go to the cafeteria with that look in his eye. Yeah, yeah. I just that's I I had the same thing. I had the cafeteria in my mind when I thought about that line. Yeah, I don't think it's from that episode. So so yeah. At any rate, to Dan's metric of talking about screen time, these are very low on the list of of total screen time, and Vicky and Neil being especially low. So this one's more of a gut feeling than you know really canonical material to go on. But I'm going to pick Vicky and Neil again, and I'll just say, too, just in case they don't advance, my favorite cut scene from the entire run of the show of Community was from season four when Shirley was rolling the camera in Shirley's sandwiches, and Vicky tells Neil to cut the foreplay, and he says that he can't, he's not a machine, and he walks out kind of dejected which is hilarious in and of itself, but then the fact that I got to break that news to Danielle Kaplowitz, she didn't know that that was a deleted scene anywhere, and she was mortified to find out that other people had seen it because, again, she and Charlie are good friends. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is totally extracurricular, Not ha- doesn't have a single thing to do with the actual show itself, but, yeah, I'm happy to move on Real Neil and Vicky. That's great. I think I watched that deleted scene once, so you just reminding me of it. This Classic. Scra- yeah, scratching a part of my brain like, oh, man. I think the only reason I have to go the other direction, and this is because, like we've said before, like that that relationship, we all wanted more, but the fact is we didn't get more. Right. And getting into a final between, if you look at the initial points of this bracket, we literally had four instances of Britta and four or three instances of Jeff, excuse me. So like we said before, I have to go Jeff and Slater almost purely on the fact that that is the protagonist of the show. And there is a little bit more weight to the story arcs and what Jeff and Slater had to do for the show. So I'm going to force the hand of our producer back here and make him come in and make the hard decision. Of course you are. And here, you know, I originally seeded this. I've got Jeff and Slater in the two seed with Vicky Neal in the three seed. So clearly off the top of my head, as I was filling these in, I had put Jeff and Slater, you know, very slightly, but still 
above the Vicky Neal relationship. Uh, and we even started off this whole conversation in the first round with you kind of saying, wow, Vicky and Neil, that's three. That's pretty impressive mm-hmm. for a Vicky and Neil relationship. Uh, so it's already, you know, certainly overperformed in many ways. And it's going to keep overperforming for me. Um, the shortcomings that v- the Vicky and Neil relationship has, it's, it's not long enough. There's not enough of it. I feel the Crazy. same way about the Jeff and Slater mm-hmm. relationship, right? It's more condensed, certainly. You know, she appears in, what, four episodes in one season? Whereas Vicky and Neil appear a few times. The relationship is mentioned, and, you know, sometimes they don't appear. But it's pretty much from seasons two through six. But to me, there's not enough of either. And again, I'm going to fall back on uh, Vicky and Neil made it. That's canon, okay? Vicky and Neil made it. Jeff and Slater did not. Now, do I wish perhaps that they had? Yeah, out of all the pairings that Jeff has with other people in this region, the Jeff and Slater would have been the best together had they ended up together. You know, I did see Jeff and Britta higher, but again, that was more of a consistency through the show kind of thing. But yeah, if we're just going straight from the who's good for one another perspective, I, I would have Jeff and Slater on the top of the Jeff list. But for me, I'm, I'm going to keep the momentum going with the dark horse here. I'm going to put Vicky and Neil through the next round. You know, again, I think there's just there's a few more things in the win column for me there. And the things that I, fall short for me with the Vicky and Neil relationship also fall short with me with Jeff and Slater. So I'm, I'm going to put them through to the next round. Wow. So we very much, I, I know I was talking all of that about chalk in the first round, and then we completely reversed it here in this second round. <clears throat> so now somehow we have ended up in a place where the matchup we are looking at to complete this region uh, and advance to this year's Fearsome Foursome is going to be the number four seed, the relationship between Britta and Rick, going up against the number three seed, the relationship between Vicky and Neil. Dan, you're going to have to kick this party off. Oh, I know we've thrown you uh, several <laughs> curveballs here right at your head, but where where do you weigh in here? I'm I'm nimble. I can duck occasionally from curveballs in my head, so we'll see how, we'll see how this this plays out. Especially picking these two relationships to go head to head in the winner. I think Vicky and Neil's a little bit behind the eight ball for all the reasons we've said previously, mostly because there's there's not enough of it. Like sure they're they're together, that is canon. And then Britta and Rick slash Subway, there's a lot more that's front and center. It's always highlighted whenever it's in the episode. So I think for me, especially because like I'm if you if you talk about being a romantic at heart, I think you go Vicky and Neil. But for me, as far as storyline and plot and how other things go, I, my pick is still Britta and Rick, because I think out of pretty much these relationships we've been talking about, they might have had the best chemistry. They might have had the best storylines, which is one of the reasons that they're here. And I I think I'm trying to look like, especially because we talk about from a relationship angle, I think uh, Adam brought up a good point where you have like Jeff and Annie, but they worked better as friends. And some of their stories were better as friends. Whereas like Britta and Rick were never anything else on the show other than a couple. And every time you saw them as a couple, it was heartfelt on both sides like you got to see him the depths of his character where he's like leaving a subway napkin folded up in a book copy of 1984 which is oddly appropriate yeah all of the creepy stuff like that with eat fresh and then it's like and he even had a good little subtle joke in that scene where he's talking about how he wants to start a veterinary practice for um injured animals and like you hear Britta go 
one-eyed cats and he goes yeah it wouldn't be at the top of my list but sure (laughs) and like just the timing with all that stuff i think for basically again for my criteria where it's a lot of it is about quantity and story it sticks with britta and rick for me and there's a certain depth to to what you're talking about and that may just be by virtue of britta being one of the main characters getting a lot more screen time Mm -hmm. but we really feel that there's some deeper connection there. Like you mentioned 1984, you mentioned the veterinary clinic and I just feel like there's a really nice connection there. Not that there isn't one with Vicki and Neil, we just don't see it mm-hmm. uh, quite as much. And I am going to agree with you and I'm going to advance to the winner of this bracket a couple that I did not have winning the first matchup. So I'm just, uh, <laughs> you talk about being nimble. I think uh, I think we both are, and I think that kind of just proves it there. And I am so happy that that was the winner of this bracket because that's not how I had originally drawn it up, but I, I couldn't be more proud to be wrong. Wild. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. At some point during that, I started rooting for you to, well, Rooting for me not have to cast the tie-breaking vote, really, <laughs> was what I was rooting for, for being completely honest. So I'm, I'm glad that you took that burden off of my plate here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, where you but you I, I'm to. glad that I don't have to. So we could probably leave it at that for this matchup, you guys. Uh, took that one off of my plate. I also did not have this one, you know, clearly even off the top of my head with the seedings, but... Yeah, even as things unfolded, really just kind of got some late momentum here uh, and made it. So, Britta and Rick, we are advancing uh, into the Fearsome Foursome. This has been one heck of a discussion. We've had a lot of different, uh, you know, types of relationships. You know, even though, like we've mentioned, you know, obviously Britta and Jeff both appear quite a bit on this list in multiple different pairings. Um, It was really fun to get to get into some of these other relationships on the show as well. So this whole thing has been a ton of fun. I really can't thank you guys enough. We are going to pick up next time and get into the platonic and the obscure brackets before we eventually reconcile all of this in this year's Fearsome Foursome. Uh, however, for today, we are advancing Britta and Rick, the number four seed. And that wraps up the Romantic Region and this episode. We will be back in just a couple weeks with the platonic region. For Dan and Adam, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in the next episode of Apartment 303.